Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 117. It is Wednesday night, September 4th. Join with me as always by Zach Henson. Zach, we are one day away from football. It's exciting. It's time. Actual, actual football. We keep saying football is back, but the regular season begins. And by the time we post this episode, uh, you can listen to this episode and then, and then watch the, the start of it all, the Bears and Packers, Thursday night football. Hopefully you're getting ready to make your league pick em picks too. Exactly. Time. Yeah. And we will talk about that later. This is our first episode of the regular season. Are you excited, Zach? I am. Let's start it. So we talked, you know, weeks ago, you said that you and Brian, or maybe not even speaking for Brian, you were a little nervous about the draft. Uh, so do you feel that way about the regular season now that you've drafted? Yeah, the draft was just crazy for us. Um, there were multiple times. I don't know if anybody could hear us, but we just, uh, we were scrambling back there and uh, just trying to decide who to pick. Right there at the turn, that's pretty intense. You, uh, you need to be on your A game if you're taking one of those bookend picks, that's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I, the, the draft for me was kind of that way as well. I, I There were moments where I just kind of felt like I was scratching my head. I felt lost, but we'll definitely talk about that later. We're going to recap the draft. Uh, we have we want to kind of blaze through the beginning of this episode so we can make enough time. We will have on Jake Standifer to uh, review his mock draft that he had from the week before, and we're going to completely review the CMB draft, give grades for all the teams, some of our best and worst picks. Looking forward to that. Zach, before we start, though, there is something – you have an iPhone, correct? Yeah. Okay, I don't, so I need someone with an iPhone to help me with this. But um, if you can, if, do, you, do you use Siri at all? Like, do you ask Siri questions? No, I don't. Siri's useless. Is she turned off on your phone? No. So if you ask something right now, would she reply out loud on, think, on the podcast? So. Yeah, I think so. Can you ask Siri if she plays fantasy football? Hey, Siri. Do you play fantasy football? I'm becoming a fan, but I still don't quite get why everyone keeps asking me to find eye doctors for zebras. <laughs> I'm becoming a fan, but I still don't quite get why everyone keeps asking me to find eye doctors for zebras. Uh, I think she's like about referees. I don't know. I, I heard. Uh, gotcha. Okay. I heard that if you uh ask siri that question there's like a bunch of answers that are kind of like clever okay, gotcha uh, but yeah fantasy football's back yep all right rapid fire zach I, so i know you're a fan of taylor swift I, that's no secret right <laughs> um not really but i mean okay i just i don't know i have flashbacks of you from like five six years ago singing like trouble and like a bunch of like t swift hits Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if we're in a church fan or something like that, I will sing some hits. Don't worry. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, I, don't, I think the album was 1984, right? Was that the year? I have no clue. She had that album that had, uh, like, Shake It Off and all those songs, Welcome to New York. But anyway, did you ever listen to the Ryan Adams cover album of Taylor Swift? I did not. Really good stuff. Go and listen to it. I'm pretty sure Ryan Adams got me too. So I don't know, maybe it's problematic now. But anyway, Ryan Adams, he did a cover album of Taylor Swift, 1984, where he covered every song start to finish from that album. And apparently, he, I, I listened to a podcast interview where he said the reason he did an entire album, somebody said, why'd you do the entire Taylor Swift album and cover it? And he said, have you ever started a project and you just didn't feel right until you completed it? Uh, uh, that, that's why he's going 
So we're going to finish the divisional previews because we started this project and I just feel we didn't finish it before the draft, but I want to get it done before the season. Um, so Zach, let's do rapid fire. Let's finish the division so we can get to all eight and we will start with the AFC East bills, dolphins, Patriots, and jets. Zach, where would you rank these four quarterbacks? Just rapid fire for 2019 for fantasy value. Ooh, I guess you'll go with Brady, Darnold, Allen, and then who knows what you're going to get with Fitzpatrick and Rosen. Okay, I, I went Brady as well. Um, he went to, of course, Jay and Jacob. IDP still suck. Uh, last year, Brady was our league's number 12 quarterback. Uh, he, he was the only AFC East quarterback in the top 20 in CMB. So it's pretty much it's Brady and then there's everyone else. Not this year, though. I think Josh Allen with the Bills has the opportunity to finish pretty high in this in this league um you know Tecmo took him as their backup quarterback but last season Josh Allen um was the number two quarterback in rushing yards he only had 64 fewer rushing yards than Lamar Jackson he had more rushing yards than Deshaun Watson Cam Newton and Russell Wilson which to me is incredible for Josh Allen so um I like Josh Allen this year I kind of wish I would have gotten him as a, a security blanket for for Kyler Murray but we'll certainly talk about that later um running back committee zach where would you rank these um these teams in the division um you go first you go first on this one all right Le'Veon bell you got to pick him jordan yeah. wanson took him seventh overall i believe uh bell is set to reach eight thousand yards from scrimmage and it'll be the fastest in history uh through 63 games so i like bell a lot this year uh ty montgomery is the backup of the handcuff right now in new york really good pick i thought by jake in round 16 um, and you know, I just, I thought it was a great value there. He's a, he's a handcuffed running back for a back who hasn't played football in over a year. Um, so who knows? I mean, Le'Veon Bell could get hurt week one and then Jake has a starting running back in the 16th round. Um, uh, Montgomery, not to talk too much about him, but he went, uh, in between number four receivers, Adam Humphreys and DK Metcalf, or he went after those picks. So really good value for Montgomery. I've got Sony Michelle. And um, that backfield with, with New England, I've got them as the second best. You, you have no clue how that's going to shake out, but any given week, one of those guys can pop. Uh, and then I go Singletary, Yeldon as the third. Those guys are a bunch of unknowns, but it's a really good offensive line in Buffalo. And then Miami, I am completely avoiding them at all costs. Quarterback, running back, tight end, receiver, name your pick. No value in fantasy in uh, 2019. So, Zach, where would you rank those teams? Yeah, I got the same thing. I was definitely going to say Miami's at the end there for sure. So, yeah, I agree with that. All right, we'll go receivers again, rapid fire. I'm going to start. I got Edelman Gordon. Uh, who knows when Josh Gordon's actually going to play? I'm not sure if he's uh, suited up for the Sunday, but I just, you know, you can't bet against Brady and, and his cast. I like actually New York. Uh, Robbie Anderson's a guy who's undervalued most seasons. Uh, and then you have Quincy Nunwa and Jamison Crowder in the slot. So, um, when they get Chris Herndon back from suspension, the Jets could have a pretty decent uh, core there. Uh, John Brown and um, and Beasley in uh, Buffalo, not bad for Josh Allen, not great. So I have them third. And then again, Miami, avoid at all costs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And isn't it crazy to think that Robbie Anderson was like in free agency last year? Do you remember that? Yeah, like, well, he, he got suspended, right? He was dropped and added a lot. I don't know what the, I can't remember what the deal was. Well, I, I know two seasons ago, I think you guys actually had Anderson when he, he blew up like mid season and I think he, I don't know, got busted with pot or something, but 
uh, a guy with a lot of talent who, if he can find some a stride with Sam Darnold, he, he might be, um, as Rich likes to say, making fantasy great again. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on. That was, that was our uh, quick recap of the AFC East. You know, Brady and Allen will both probably finish in like the 15 to 20 range, but you can make the case that Allen might even have more upside with, with his rushing abilities than, than Brady. But, uh, you know, Brady's the consistent, you know, guy in this league that just he's going to put up starting level numbers for any season, him and Breeze both. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really like this division uh, for skill players uh, this year. No, and I think Allen will be fun to watch this year for sure. Um, so I, I think that he could surprise a lot of people. All right, let's wrap up our divisional preview uh, previews, that is, with the AFC West. Really good. We talked about the East not being that great. The West, great division this year for fantasy. Where would you rank uh, the Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders quarterbacks uh, for 2019? Mahomes, River, Carr. Rivers, Carr, and Flacco. Bing, 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 bing. Yep, exactly. Yep. That's, that's exactly – I mean, no one can pick up against Mahomes. I think you might be able to make the case that Deshaun Watson, with his scrambling ability, could finish out as the number one quarterback. But uh, Mahomes went first – you know, in the first round in our league for a reason, uh, mainly because Kevin loves him, but also because, you know, he's that valuable. Uh, we talked about how, how far ahead he finished last season over the number two quarterback – uh, Mahomes is is the goat right now in fantasy for the quarterback position. Yeah, Flacco's um, still out there, guys. Flacco's still out there. Go get him. He's available. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Um, so who knows what we'll see with Flacco? You mentioned him. I, I don't. I, if he can still sling it, I nothing led us to believe that last year watching him with the Ravens. But um, Philip Rivers definitely still throwing the ball across the yard. He lost Tyrell Williams, but he gains Hunter Henry back, who might play. I know he's been injured at the start of his career so far, but uh, if Hunter Henry's healthy and Keenan Allen can stay on the field, I mean, you know, you still can't bet against Phillip Rivers. And then, you know, Derek Carr gains uh, AB during this offseason, but there's just something. I mean, Derek Carr could gain Odell Beckham Jr. and AB in the same offseason, and there's people still would be down on Derek Carr. I'm, I'm included in that group. I just – I don't see it with Carr. He's never really been fantasy relevant. He probably finishes like 25 and higher. Uh, so I, I just I don't know I'm kind of out on on Carr, uh, and it, there's a reason that he's not a starter in our league. Yep. All right, let's go running backs here. Zach, how would you rank these four teams? Or I could start. Well, after the uh, the shuffle, it kind of kind of really makes you think, don't you agree? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll give it to uh, to Kansas City to start mm -hmm. off with, and then uh, I'll go. <sighs> Gosh, I guess I'll go uh, Eckler, Jackson, Jacobs, Richard, and then uh, Broncos. Yeah, I, I, I flipped. I had uh, Jacobs and Richard as, as my number two group only because I know, I know Gruden, based on watching Hard Knocks, Gruden wants Josh Jacobs to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's going to give him a ton of touches. So, and, you know, Derek Carr is, like I said, he throws slants and he throws dump offs to running backs. So, Jacobs and Richard can be sneaky good. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll talk about the draft here in a little bit, but you know, you guys, we're we're kind of in the same boat here. With, um, you know, I took Eckler, and you guys took Justin Jackson and Melvin Gordon, of course, in the draft. So we're both kind of, you know, waiting to see what happens with the running back situation in in San Diego. I think no matter what happens, all three of these players can have value individually. It's just a matter of the carry share. We don't really know. Yep, I don't think the uh, puzzle pieces are finished yet with this uh, season. It's pretty crazy. 
And then Philip Lindsay, I don't expect him to have that crazy rookie year he had last year. I just, I, I, I see them splitting it with Royce Freeman, and uh, that's why I had them last. Gotcha. gotcha. And then we'll go to the receiver position, and we'll finally finish these divisional previews. You got to go Kansas City. I mean, yeah. the trio of Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and uh, Sammy Watkins. I mean, last season, if you had any part of that, if you had a piece of that pie, like you, immediate starts every week. Even sometimes Chris Conley, like as a third, fourth receiver, he's a guy people could start uh, week to week. I just, you know, you, you can't bet against Andy Reid's offense right now. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. And then after, I'll go with the Chargers next, then Oakland, just because it's unproven at this point. And there's just, I don't know, it's crazy with AB. Um, and then I will finish with Denver, even though they got, they've got some good talent there too. Yeah, it's hard to trust Denver's offense this year with Joe Flacco under center again. I, I don't see him having any juice. So you can't – it's hard to, to put any value or stock in, you know, guys like Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton or the, the rookie fan. So uh, we'll see what happens. I um, I just – I don't really care for Denver that much on offense. Their defense is going to be a great, um, you know, a, a great play each week, I think, with Vic Fangio. But – um, yeah, we'll move on. That was, uh, that was our final divisional preview, probably the fastest previews we've done on those. So sorry to, to fans of the uh, teams from the AFC East and West, but um, we're just That's so, we're so excited the about the start of the season. Yeah. Start it. Let's go. All right. We will move on to our league, to CMB, and take a quick trip around CMB. Let's start talking about our draft last week, and we'll do a quick draft recap, not even talking about the picks. Let's just you and I talk about – the actual draft itself, did it feel like it went faster this year to you, Zach, or is that just me? Um, well, I felt like Brian and I were scrambling over there, so um, I felt like it, it, it took a while, but it was pretty quick. It's three hours, so that's about what you can expect, in my opinion. I think uh, I, was, I was shocked. Sometimes I, you know, I say this, it's probably not true, but it feels like I forget who won the league the year before until I see you get up there and announce the – the team who won the, the season before. So when you had Jeff and Rob get up there, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot they, they won the league. Uh, but Jeff did something unique this year, and not unique in that he was the only one present for the, the beginning of the draft. Rob joined him later. But, uh, Zach, what did Jeff uh, – what was the prize surprise, if you will, uh, for winning the league last year? Yeah, they wanted to donate the money to um, one of their friends, Jack, who does some mission work and. Um, so they asked me if that was okay, and I said it was. And so they that's what they wanted to do instead of going with the, the jersey this year. I mean, we can call a spade a spade. What was the immediate reaction from everyone in the league? Uh, I don't know. What was it? <laughs> the stakes have been raised. I no, mean, the, the, bar, stakes have been raised. <laughs> the, the bar has been raised forever now. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I, just, I don't know. It's funny to me because I'm, I'm thinking in my head when this is going on. I'm like, okay, first of all, I mean, everyone can agree here. Really commendable, a great thing to do. Uh, we were all really impressed. But also, it's like, it must be nice to have the luxury of like Jeff winning the league multiple times and being like, you know what, this one, I'll throw a bone of charity, you know? <laughs> like just rubbing it and pasting your face's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So happy for the gauze. Uh, another championship for Jeff. And uh, that was a, a cool gesture by them. Um, Zach, I always like to ask you this every year and I feel like it's downsized each year, but what was the, like, did you do an audit of the uh, leftover food? Like how much food went to waste? Yeah. Um, you know, some years we have bottle drinks and then nobody drinks the bottle, like the glass bottle drinks, which by the way, uh, public service announcement, they do not make crush 
bottled glass bottled drinks anymore we can't find them so oh, man they're nowhere to be found you can buy them off of amazon for a ton of money um but yeah they they do not exist around here if you spot them in cookville please let me know or if you spot them around where you guys are out of town let me know maybe we can work out something before the draft um, with you bringing them here but they just don't they don't exist but anyways the the bottle drinks like Everybody was into them this year. Sometimes we have a lot left over. That was not the case this year. Um, the one thing I noticed is like the stuffed crust pizza is a hit. And oh, yeah. I need to order more stuffed crust and um, less of just the regular cheese or pepperoni pizza, you know. So that was my main takeaway was probably get two more stuffed crust pizzas and, and take away some of those regular pizzas. I fully endorse that. The crush thing, I will say the the people, you know, pun intended that were crushed by it, uh, was IDP still suck. I think that's like one of the main reasons they come to the draft is for orange crush, not knowing, I think you could just probably get it any other time of the year, but it's like one of those things where, you know, people say Coke tastes better at McDonald's, like from that fountain. Okay. It's like a thing. I think they, in their head, it's like a placebo effect. Orange crush just tastes better at the CMB draft. So yeah. I know they were a little upset by it, but I'm glad you clarified that it was not available. Yeah, so everybody just keep an eye out at your uh, local grocery store. Yeah, so next year might be like a BYOB thing for IDPs. Bring your own bottle of Orange Crush. Oh, okay. Bottle of Orange Crush. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing I did realize, though, and I, I made note of this during the draft. I told Jeff this. This is the first time I've, I've actually tried Jeff's homemade ice cream. Every year, we, may, we have like a seventh inning stretch or whatever, and everyone gets up and goes and gets it. And I've been so panicked in years past, and I'm sitting down, I'm looking at my board, and I never make my way over to try some of his ice cream. And so I finally did it this year. It was really good. But then I committed a cardinal sin. What did you do? So I took a bottle of the IBC root beer, and I poured it over the ice cream. Oh. And then I made eye contact with Jeff as I was doing it. <laughs> And he kind of shook his head like, I don't know. It's like that classic, like, I think he and Rob have very similar mannerisms and expressions. And they both kind of have that head shake, like, of disappointment. And I saw it. I locked eyes with him. And I looked at him right away. And I was like, this is like putting A1 steak sauce on a steak, right? And he was like, yeah, kind of. So I felt really bad about that. But it was, it was still really good, Jeff. Yeah, I really appreciate Um you know, Sarah taking the time to bake the cookies and then Jeff bringing the, uh, the ice cream. Those two, uh, do, do a lot of work behind the scenes. So we really appreciate that. And Jeff also brings cookies as well. So, um, definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Underrated sweets, uh, cook or baker, uh, Jake, or uh, Jake, sorry, Jeff. Yep. Got Jake on the brain. Um, so we're, we're going to talk with Jake here in a little bit. Um, yeah. And again, thanks to Sarah. I, she makes the Rotel dip too, right? Yeah. She makes the Rotel dip and, um, a lot of those cookies. The Rotel dip this year, a little bit more, uh, meaty than usual. And I'm not complaining. It was very good. Okay, good, good. Clearly I'm hungry. Uh, we'll stop talking about food. And I just, we mentioned Jake just now and, uh, we talked about how he came on last week and did his mock episode or his mock draft. So let's do our annual recap of his mock and talk with Jake Stanifer of Kemp's crew. It's time for the call of the week. We welcome back on a familiar guest. We joined him. I mean, it was less than a week ago, about six days ago uh, when we did our pre-draft 
podcast. This was where Jake Standifer of Kemp's crew comes on, did his annual mock draft. And so we're having him back on just six days later to recap his mock. Jake Standifer, uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me again. All right, Jake, a long time no talk, long time no see. Um, it's good to see you at the draft uh, Friday night. So the whole reason you're on right now, let's talk about your mock draft that you uh, shared with us last time you were on the podcast. Uh, just to start out, what was, was there a number out of 14 picks? How did you finish? I had uh, six correct. But I will say that I think I essentially had eight. Um, Let's see, I had uh, the first four, Saquon, McCaffrey, Kamara, and then Hopkins. I think the first three were kind of chalk. But uh, I think, you know, picking J&J with, with Hopkins was kind of a good pick. Um, Chase and the Big Orange Bullies I had with David Johnson and then uh, Greg taking James Conner. Uh, so that really rounds out the actual six I had correct. Um, I, I pretty much knew that Kevin was going to take Kelsey. Uh, I was very surprised that he took Mahomes in the first, but he ended up taking Kelsey in the second. I had him taking Kelsey in the first year, but um, I knew he was going to get him. And uh, I had Tecmo taking Juju. I ended up taking Juju, but we were talking on the podcast last week that it was a toss-up between Tyreek and uh, and Juju, so we ended up taking Tyreek. So I I had six correct, but I think eight. You know, put an asterisk there. So, do you, uh, first of all, just to, to kind of throw my pick out there, do you feel personally responsible for pacing your face, not taking Zeke at five? I feel like you, you know, kind of calling your shot on the mock draft, you kind of uh, psyched me out. And maybe it wasn't just you. I think I just was taking uh, logic and everything I was seeing on Twitter Friday and I got a little spooked, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to go against logic with, yeah. with all the information we had at the time. Um, you know, I, I was there in your shoes. I was there in your shoes uh, that Thursday night um, with the fourth pick, and I, I passed and took Hopkins. So, you know, hindsight 2020, yeah, but, you know, Devontae Adams is a great pick there. All right, let's talk about the pick that everyone knew was going to happen, and that was um, Jake Stanford. That was your your team, Kemp's crew, taking A.B., and I, I don't think people were surprised you took him. I think people were a little surprised that he went – um, with the fifth pick of the second round. So did you just, did you get a sense there at the fifth pick in the second round that he just wasn't going to be there uh, on the turn in, in round three? I was very surprised that I took that pick. I had zero intentions on taking Antonio. For some reason, when I got there at the turn at the second, uh, it was either the receivers that I wanted had just been taken or I just really didn't feel like the running backs there were that good. Um, that Antonio Brown pick was a completely out of the blue pick, and I did not plan on that at all. So, and I, I don't know if you saw his post on Instagram today, Jake, but you, you got to control your boy AB. Oh my goodness! This posted guy, a photo, me, man. Posted a photo today of his fine letter. Sorry. So yeah, Mike yeah. Mayock sends, uh, you know, probably a auto draft or uh, you know something he didn't even personally write a letter to AB explaining his fine and AB puts it on his Instagram story. I mean, it's as petty as it gets. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think the Raiders are going to do anything about it because, you know, a $15,000 fine is pennies to AB. It was a $40,000 fine, I think. 
Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they find him for two, missing two different practices. You're right. Yeah, it was 40 grand. So then he, he kind of said that, oh, it was all part of this, this calculated plan where he got this new endorsement deal with this uh, helmet company. You know, it, it's just, man, it, it's just, that's just, ugh, I can't stand that, but whatever. I love the guy. He's your boy. That they always say, "DY defend your boy." Um. So, Jake, let's beyond the first round, and we can certainly talk about some some names that were taken in the first round. Who were some steals and reaches in your estimate? And then Zach, we'll talk later about some of the steals and reaches that we saw throughout the draft. But in your in your opinion, Jake, where were some of the best and worst picks in this draft? All right. So I'm going to start off with my best pick. Um, I don't I don't know if, if, if you would agree at all, but I think that Evan Ingram in the fifth round was a great pick. I don't know if you saw the news today where it basically said that Ingram was going to be a massive part of that offense. I think getting Ingram in the fifth, you know, you're going to waste a lot of uh, draft capital drafting Kelsey in the first and second. Uh, I think Ingram could be this year's Ertz, this year's Kittle. In the fifth round, I think that's a that's a great great pick. All right, what was maybe one you didn't like so much? <laughs> Melvin Gordon in the <laughs> third, like Zach, man, what is, what's what's going on here? I, well, I mean, yeah. it, it was a gamble, and I think it's easy to criticize that pick now, and so much has happened no. since the draft, and no, and Ezekiel uh, Elliott was a was a gamble in the first round, but it worked out. So many holdouts. And if Zeke was not in camp, then we would be talking about that pick. So, um, I mean, it's just – it's easy to criticize it right now. No, because we – me and and Kevin criticized it when it happened. We, I think most everybody knew that Melvin Gordon is not going to play this year. For you to criticize it and kind of toot your own horn right now because it's right. But if it had changed, you know – like if Zeke, like I said, if he was still out, that would be a, a terrible pick at the moment, but we're not talking about it. So, Jake, what, what happens if, you know, Melvin Gordon last minute gets traded to the Texans or somebody and he becomes an RB1 again? Is this still a bad pick in your opinion? Well, I mean, as of September 4th, it was, it's a bad pick. So sure. that's what we're talking right now. So, okay, so where, where do you see – because, I, I, Zach, you guys got Justin Jackson later as a handcuff, right? Yeah. So where where do you rank, you know, Eckler and, and Jackson, Jake? Where where would those picks rank in your opinion? Is is that a backfield in San Diego that you like at all, or are you avoiding it at all? Yeah. Costs? So I know I I've got some shares of Eckler. Uh, I can't remember who grabbed him. I I did. And I yeah right you did. I think that you getting him where you got him uh, was pretty good. Uh, I believe that he got uh, Justin Jackson or something in like the tenth round, which is you know decent value. But Eckler is the guy you want to own there, especially in our league, PPR. So who was who was another pick you liked maybe in a later round, and somebody who's a, a real steal there at the end? Yeah, so I got I got a list of four here uh, with steals. I'm actually gonna <laughs> Zach's kind of getting me for tooting my own horn here, but. I got to say that, like, getting Jordan Howard, I know he's not a great running back, but he's still the starting running back for the Eagles, who have, like, the third-best offensive line in the league. And uh, he's the guaranteed starter. Uh, I got him in the 10th round. So, I mean, I, I think that that's a steal. I think if, um, Howard, if he can catch the football, I think it's it's a decent pick. But I just 
I've had Jordan Howard. I've had shares of him in the past, and it's not somebody I would I would really bank on week to week, but not bad for the tenth round. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I mean, you're you're really drafting the running backs who, you know, even though that they might not be a great talent, uh, the opportunity there and the offensive line. You know, the running back success is fully dependent on the offensive line, and the Eagles have invested heavily in that offensive line. And then Miles Sanders was kind of a reach, honestly, um, just to kind of go across the spectrum. I thought that getting Miles Sanders in the fifth, uh, James Pickenham was was kind of a reach. So um, kind of the balance out of getting Howard in the tenth versus Sanders in the fifth. You know, ultimately Sanders is, is going to win out. I mean, the, guy, the guy's just super talented. But Jordan Howard is still there. I mean, he's still a valuable running back. So um, I think that's a steal. Aside from any of the picks you've already mentioned, was there just like a a jaw-dropping pick, like Mahomes in the first round or something like that, that just you did not see coming? Um, I think none of us really saw Mahomes going. I remember when Kevin picked him, there was just like this massive, oh, you know, there, there really wasn't a lot of that. Uh, except my Daniel Jones pick, you know, the second to last pick, there was a audible gasp in in the room. But uh, the, I think that, that was uh, just wrong. By the way, that was wrong. Yeah, I agree. Was here's that... the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't even know what the deal was. So when everybody was like, "Oh, like I had no clue what you guys were talking about," I must have missed something with the podcast or a Facebook post because I had no clue what that whole Daniel Jones thing was about. Yeah, so it's just I don't know. I think it's obligated now. I feel like you need to trade him to to IDPs. Maybe do a drop and let them add because it just it. I don't know. It's the the league's imbalanced right now without Jacob being with his boy Daniel Jones. Hey, I posted that I am open for business. You you at least saw the photo of Jacob and and Daniel Jones, right? Yeah, but that was after the fact. Sure. So okay. all right. I, I I'm pretty sure Zach or somebody sent me that picture yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, wait, okay, now I kinda understand what's going on. But I don't know when you guys have talked about this or when he posted that because it must have completely gone over my head. All right, you're not allowed to pick Kemp's crew. Who do you think had the best overall draft strategy going you know, rounds one through twenty three when you look at their entire drafts? Who had the best strategy in your opinion? Well, you know, uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to give it to, to ECW here or uh, WCW. Um, we were no, talking- no, actually, yeah, ECW, Boston, ECW. Boston so, Reed, yeah, exactly. I, I get the wombats confused. Um, Don't we all? You know, I, I, I think we hate on them all the time, but me and you both thought that ECW killed that draft. Agreed. I think going rod receiver heavy. Uh, on the front end, uh, you know, they got Odell Beckham. I think that they were planning on stacking Mayfield. And I think James took Mayfield from them in the third. I'm pretty sure they were going to go after Baker uh, either in the third or the fourth, but didn't. Um, I think like the first half of their draft, so I have like some notes here from all the teams, that the first half of ECW's draft was stellar. So I'm going to have to give it up for them for sure. I like their draft a lot. I wrote my notes. I thought that their rounds nine and ten, the back-to-back picks of Mikul Hardman and Michael Gallup, two of the best back-to-back picks in this whole draft. I mean, they got them at 125 and 128, so they were almost back-to-back right away. But, you know, Mikul Hardman, a guy who, if Tyree Kill gets suspended for any reason, which is highly likely, uh, Hardman's going to take that role right away. And even if 
Hill doesn't get suspended. I see Hardman moving into that wide receiver three role instantly. And in a Patrick Mahomes offense, like that's what you want. Uh, and then Michael Gallup, a number two receiver in, you know, a Kellen Moore offense in Dallas that we really don't really know what to expect. I mean, they could throw the ball, Dak could throw the ball 45 times a game, and Michael Gallup is the target right behind Amari Cooper. So I like Gallup a lot, and I thought them getting Hardman and Gallup in back-to-back picks was was a big moment for them in the draft. Yeah, so they so I actually commented, uh, you know, because they were sitting right behind me. I said, hey, that Michael Gallup pick was a slam dunk. And he goes, I hated it. I hated that pick. And I'm like, dude, like that was like a solid pick. Apparently, they were not on board with it. But, you know, me and you completely disagree because I saw Michael Gallup ball out in the preseason. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, is in store for a a huge bump this year. Uh, Amari's going to be good. But I think the Cowboys in general are just going to be a great team. And Michael Gallup is just a great pick there. Oh, for sure. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about some of your favorite and worst. Zach, you had the cards in front of you, I'm assuming. What were some of the names of the best picks um, that people from our league talked about when they submitted those cards to you at the end of the draft? Um, this one says Kevin White, Jalen Samuels times two. <laughs> <clears throat> and then the worst, I don't know if this is the worst pick, and it says H&F taking Jan- Jalen Samuels. <clears throat> All right. Because uh, and, and that was because Jalen Samuels was off the board and then he was someone tried to draft him twice. Yeah. After okay, got it. All right. Best pick of the draft, Baker Mayfield. Best overall team, Kemp's crew. Worst pick of the draft of of all was WCW's team. Yikes. Oh yeah. Okay. Can we please talk about WCW's team? Because I was going through their draft. And I was, I was trying to put together notes for every single team. So I got a little blurb for every single team just in case we want to go there. But I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing for, for WCW. They had, uh, they had like a bunch of uh, IDPs. Like they, they drafted uh, Derwin James, who's like hurt. So he's the top-rated safety. But uh, I was just going down through the list, and I was just like, that's a reach, that's a reach, that's a reach. And then. Um, who knows what was going on with, with Matt, but yeah, not, not good. So, and I wondered too about, so they take Calvin Ridley in the second round and I thought that was probably the biggest reach of the draft, just being the the 26th overall pick. I thought that was kind of a rough spot there. I, I do remember there was a moment in the draft though, where, I think that was the first time where someone called out a player that had already been drafted. It was, they tried to take Dalvin cook and Dalvin cook had gone off the board already. And so when we, everyone yelled at Matt for trying to take Dalvin cook, uh, it was kind of a, uh, to me, it felt like a panic pick saying Calvin Ridley at that next spot there, but I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys sent something else. Um, so I'm assuming uh, Zach, maybe is it anonymous? These cards, I'm assuming the one that, that said that Matt had the worst draft was, was ECW. It's um yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it right or pay the price, yes. That's quite good. All right. Um, best, Mike Williams, round seven. Worst, Chargers in round 11. <laughs> Not a fan of the defense, huh? Best, Jason Witten. Worst, Marquise Lee. Best, Gronk. Worst pick, Tom Brady. Best, uh, Allman Brothers taking four tight ends, and that's all they put. <laughs> yeah. 
And <laughs> okay, uh, worst pick Melvin Gordon. Best pick Pollard. Um, best moment Josh Gordon. Pick and then Rich saying pick four twenty or something. <laughs> the four twenty <420 laughs> comment from Rich. That was pretty good. I I laughed at that harder than I should have. Like it, it probably in hindsight was not that great. It was, but it was really funny in the moment. Yeah. No, that, that was fire. That was total fire. Um, best pick. Uh, about a scantling worst pick Calvin Ridley best pick Melvin Gordon worst pick something Allen I can't even read this I have no idea something Allen Keenan maybe maybe I'm not sure yeah Uh, Keenan Allen being the worst pick yeah it's uh whoever took David Johnson in the first round that was a big one that's yeah I have no idea um (laughs) Best pick, Daniel Jones. Worst pick, Melvin Gordon. Best pick, Carson Wentz. And worst pick, Baker Mayfield. So there you go. And I will say for the last one, what I'm gathering when I hear all these replies, I'm trying to guess who said these things. And I feel like most people said that their own pick was the best pick. It's like, you know, vote for yourself for student council in school. Um, So I think a lot of people picked themselves for the best pick. And I know for a fact that last one, uh, the person sitting beside me, who I found out does not listen to our podcast, he straight up told me he doesn't listen. Uh, Jordan Iwan is, and he uh, he didn't know who to pick for the best pick, and he was kind of you know he asked me several times, I don't know who to pick, who should I pick, and I just said, well, it's got to be Nick Foles, right? And he goes, oh yeah, that's a good one, that's a good one. I don't even think he realized he's the one who picked Nick Foles, and so I know he wrote that one down. Yeah, yeah, that the last one was Jordan Iwan is, and. Um... But yeah, some of these they're not picking themselves on on some of these. It's kind of mixed up. I got you. Yeah, there were some there were some good picks. Um, of course, we remember the negative ones more often. I mean, I I don't understand the value in Kevin taking two quarterbacks in the first seven rounds, but that's kind of been his mo. And I mean, last season he was the runner up in our league. So, you know, like like Zach was saying, we're five days, four days removed from our draft. So it's easy to make comments now. But I mean, some of the yeah. picks we. Some I mean, of the picks we think are terrible now might enjoy. Oh yeah, for sure. It, so much has happened since our draft. So right. much has happened in the last two weeks, even like leading up to our draft. It's just crazy how much, uh, all you know, fantasy football altering things have happened. So yeah, and not to not to pick on West Coast wombats, but like for example, in the fourth round they take Will Fuller, the fourth, who probably should have gone like seventh or eighth round realistically. Um, so, you know, it's not an awful pick, but that pick became a bad pick two days later when, uh, you know, the Texans trade for uh, Kenny Stills from the Dolphins, and he automatically becomes their number two receiver. Yep. So I just, it ruined his value. I mean, there were so many trades and drops and ads in the league just over the weekend. Um, which one do you think, Jake, which, which move uh, by the Texans or whoever over the weekend affected, you know, drafts the most? Oh, man. Um, I don't really know about the moves affecting the drafts. Um, you know, I think, you know, some of those big moves, you know, were, uh, you know, they involved Clowney. Uh, so, I don't know if you want to get into team defense and how that affected at all. But um, nothing really off the top of my head really sticks out on that one. I think, if anything, I don't, you know, I think uh, Tecmo Power Runners, they were pretty locked in in starting Deshaun Watson. But, his value went way up. I mean, he's got so much more protection now on his blind side. He adds a receiver. 
Uh, they traded for Carlos Hyde. So, you know, that Texans offense, they're in kind of a win-now mode. Um, so it, it might decrease the value of everyone in Houston, on, uh, like the skill players, but it increases Deshaun Watson's value, I would say. Oh, you know, you know now, now that we're – now that I've, the light bulb has come on, that LaShawn McCoy trade really did affect some things because uh, LaShawn McCoy was left for dead in Buffalo. Uh, Tecmo, I remember they, they took Singletary, I think, in like the – man, I got it written down here somewhere. They had Singletary. They took Singletary in round 10, Tecmo. Round 10, yeah. And uh, he was kind of like the, the budding star. Yep. And that's kind of something I noticed about a lot of their picks. They they took a lot of buzz players. They had David Montgomery, Darwin Thompson, Curtis Samuel, Singletary. Um, you know, that, that pick was looking really good. And then all of a sudden Frank Gore comes in. And, uh, you know, even like the um, the Damian Williams, you know, pace, yeah. that that you one looked really good. You wouldn't and take that the in there. You know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Damian Williams, I know I, a lot of the fantasy community was not very high on him, but in the back round, you know, in like pick – I guess I was pick 11 or pick 9 of the second round. Not a bad pick there on Friday night. And then you right. turn on Monday morning and it's like I'm scratching my head wondering where my draft went wrong, you know. Yeah. And that's the same with, like, Zeke. You know, all of a sudden here comes the reports of Zeke that he's about to sign or they're close. And I did a draft on Sunday with another league. And Zeke, you know, in our draft, I kind of expected him to fall uh, to the late first round, maybe the beginning of the second. And, you know, Rich took him right there at number six, so he didn't fall that far. But in the in the draft with uh, that I did on Sunday, Zeke went, I think, number three overall. And then Pollard basically went undrafted. He was like towards the very, very end. Like nobody cares anymore. You know? I mean, it's amazing from oh, yeah. Friday to Sunday how quickly that changed. And I almost texted you, Zach, or or even put it in the Facebook group and been like, Do we want to consider moving our draft to Sunday? But you know, I just I see this holdout thing increasing over the years. Like next year, yeah. We had three or four running backs this year that held out, and I can just see it, you know, tripling next year. Um, but I, I you know, I, I think we just you, you got to take gambles. That's what fantasy football is all about. Yep. So especially we'll, we'll talk real quick about Zeke and then we'll wrap it up here, Jake, but Zeke goes number six uh, overall in our league. Uh, Rich takes in there right after you had mocked for me to take him at five. So I think you were the one that said that the Tony Pollard pick was the best pick of the draft in round seven. So in hindsight, where should Pollard have gone if we would have known Friday night that Zeke was going to, you know, probably play week one, then what, what does Pollard, that do? Yeah, Pollard definitely becomes a double-digit round pick there. Nothing more. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I definitely had on my card that, that Pollard was the best pick. But, you know, at that time, I thought it was. But, you know, investing seventh round into a running back who's, you know, really just dicey, just a handcuff at this point. Yeah, yeah there was some risk there. You, know, you got Duke Johnson. You got Eckler. Uh, I think you kind of hedged it there. So, you know, you, you can't you can't win in this league if you don't take risk. That's right. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Uh, last question here is your week one matchup with Kevin. This isn't really a rivalry week per se, uh, but do you have any thoughts on your uh, week one matchup to uh, start out the season? I mean, I just think I'm just going to destroy him. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you look at the – I mean, just look at the projection. I mean, come on. I mean, this is this is like – uh, Patriots going up against the Bills here. I mean, this this is just going to be a slaughter. 
Hey, I want to I want to hear Jake's blurbs that he has for each team real quick. If you did the research, like, did you already do that? Yeah, I really just kind of just noted like some good picks and some bad picks. All right, go for it. Uh, real quick. Go for it real quick. Rapid uh, rapid fire. I know everybody would like to hear it, so go for it. Yeah. All right. So Suggs, uh, really good with Ingram in the fifth. Matt Ryan in the seventh. I have no idea why you take Jacksonville's defense in the twelfth. Zach and Brian, man, where where do I start with this one? So we, we've already discussed Melvin Gordon, but man, you guys took three running backs to start the draft and then followed that followed that up with six wide receivers. Like I have no clue what your strategy was. I don't even know what to do. We didn't have a strategy. I don't even know what to tell there, you. There's there was no balance in your team at all, so I have yeah. no idea. Um, you know, uh, Matt Collins, uh, like I said, just a terrible draft overall. Um, <laughs> he'll, end up, he'll end up making the playoffs, of course, just like he did last year. Um, let's see, J&J, uh, I had a, like a really good balanced team. Uh, basically, by round 10, they had all the solid pieces for their team. Nothing like really just stood out, but just a good overall team. Uh, Pace, I, I basically summed up your team as risk and reward. Um, so we kind of... You know, talked about that with Duke and Eckler being good and then Damian and Pollard being your, your risks. Uh, Richer had a really good draft. If you look at the, the grades that they give, I know that some, some of these are just kind of based off of projections. But I think he got an A-plus in the draft. So I'm going to have to give it to him. He got Zeke. Uh, he stacked uh, three players off of the Tampa Bay Bucks. He got Jameis, uh, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard. So... You know, that's a lot of stock putting in one team. Uh, Chase, I had, you know, being an okay draft, I have no idea why you draft Kareem Hunt in the 11th. So that's the note I had on that one. Uh, Jordan, just being Jordan, he had three. I think he had Wentz. Uh, he had somebody else, and then he took the Eagles defense and then drafted Foles. He also ended up with Clayus Campbell, who he drafts every year. Uh, James and Blake, four tight ends. <laughs> I. It, 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 four tight ends and seven IDPs. Like, bros, like, what are you thinking? You have you basically drafted three more tight ends than you needed, and you drafted two more IDPs than you needed. I just I don't get it. Um, basically, my team. Uh, I think my team ended up looking like Jeff's team. I had a lot of uh, you know, like the Tyler Lockett, Juju, uh, James White, PPR running backs. Um, investing heavily in IDPs, I, I think it was okay. I definitely reached for Antonio in a second. Uh, Greg, I had a very balanced team. He usually always comes out very balanced. Uh, he did get the Vikings defense, so you knew he was going to get some share of the Vikings. Uh, Kevin, we kind of went over his stuff. Um, one thing about Kevin's team, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but he only has he only drafted four running backs the entire draft. He used a third and a fifth pick on running backs then waited until the very end of the draft in 19 and 20 to grab two running backs. So it actually got to the point where I was sitting right next to him. He had no idea who, who was on the board when it comes to the running backs. So I basically gave him my list and Suggs gave him the laptop and he was basically selecting garbage running backs in the 19th and 20th round. So the dude has no running backs at all. Uh, Ross and Reed, um, like I said, going OBJ, uh, I think they had the best draft. And uh, finally, with Jeff and Rob, uh, basically just getting all the buzz players. Uh, they they have Dallas Goddard as their tight end, which I think is kind of surprising. Uh, 
Um, me and Tecmo kind of wait until the very end to uh, draft tight ends, but at least I got a starting tight end. Uh, Goddard's only going to be in on like 40% of the snaps, so best of luck. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah, and Tecmo, too, I'm looking at their draft. They took Darwin Thompson in the seventh round, who now with McCoy in Kansas City, that is like a – Darwin Thompson should have gone in like round yep. 15 and up. So It's crazy. Yep. Crazy how quickly it changed. Jake, yep. really, really appreciate you coming back on, going over your mock. This is all good stuff. I hope people appreciate the time you took to analyze and roast uh, or praise their, uh, their drafts. You're like our own Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I, I don't want to be boring at all. Like, I want to be in your face. I want to, I want to give credit where credit's due, but I want to burn people when they need burn. All right, that's a good place to end it on. Uh, thanks again, Jake. All right, see you. Once again, Zach, that was Jake Stanford of Kemp's crew doing his annual mock draft. Uh, I, I felt like I had to jump in there pretty quick and moderate when, it, when we started talking about uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, it, looked like, it, it sounded like it was about to get heated there. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's easy right now saying that, you know, that was a bad pick because he hasn't signed anywhere. It's just – there's a lot of things going on. This been, it's just been a crazy, crazy – uh, preseason, I guess you could say, before the season starts, unlike any other, in my opinion. Well, I just wasn't expecting it. Like, Jake kind of turned – I called him Stephen A. Smith there at the end, but he kind of turned villain there at a couple of points during the uh, – as like a professional wrestler. I mean, he, Yeah, he's, he was throwing darts, that's for sure, letting everybody know. Yeah. Well, he was throwing darts, and he, I think he probably said he liked eight picks, and six of the eight were p- picks he made for his own team. So, I, he was tooting his own horn. <laughs> yeah. but we appreciate Jake for coming on and and doing his annual mock draft recap. Hope everyone enjoyed hearing a little blurb about their team, everybody, but uh, maybe West coast, but we will, uh, we will find ways uh, to spin that. And and there's, there's optimism on every team. I remember a year ago, like I said, maybe people weren't so high on Kevin White's draft on, on your worst nightmare. And the guy came in second place. So uh, you just, you can't predict these things in this league. It is all luck. It is crazy. And with that craziness and all that luck, we are moving on to our first Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Back week one, first matchup here. And again, let's just roll through these. We don't have as much data on these players because it's week one and we we haven't seen them in, in real game activity so far. But let's just start with the first matchup here. This is Dragon Energy versus East Coast Wombat. For me, I, I just I liked Rich's draft a lot. We talked with Jake about he, he loaded up heavy on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is playing San Francisco week one. And so Rich has Jameis Winston, OJ Howard, and Chris Godwin. So he's got really the main trio, besides Mike Evans, of course. Uh, so three out of the top four uh, players in Tampa Bay. There's not a running back there to be had. But I just – I like – Rish's week one a lot. Jameis Winston is the QB three, uh, according to fantasy pros for week one. And San Francisco gave up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks last year. I, as much as I don't really care for Jameis, I like him a lot this week and I like Rish. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, West coast on this one. I think that Rish, I think Rish has a great team. Uh, one of the best in the league, in my opinion. And uh, I feel like I said this last year, but I really think he's got a great team to start the start the year. I know a lot of things can happen, um, but especially with him getting AJ Green too, and he's got um, he's just got a lot of a lot of good uh, picks in my opinion. But I'm gonna go with West Coast on this one. I'm gonna call the upset. Um, I think that they've got some good uh, IDPs and 
and Jared Goff is going to lead them to the promised land. Next matchup here, and you talked about one of the best you know, teams. You thought Rich had one of the best drafts, one of the best teams in our league. In my opinion, the best draft, probably the best roster right now is East Coast Wombats. Jake and I talked them up enough, so they're probably sick of hearing about it. But I just like Ross and Reed's team a lot following the draft. I mean, according to Fantasy Pros, Michael Thomas is actually the, the number one receiver um, based on projections. And then Odell Beckham Jr. is the number three receiver, and they got them in back-to-back picks. So there's not a lot to hate about ross and reed's team right now mark andrews at tight end not a guy he's not a top 10 tight end right now but i just i lamar jackson's had issues with accuracy uh in the past and he loves tight end so most of you know lamar jackson's value and production through the air last year was to his tight ends i like mark andrews a lot this year look at this ty hilton is their flex receiver that's he's better than a lot of teams number one receiver. So I just I like East Coast a lot. They're going to win big in Week One. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with East Coast on this one. I think um, James and Blake have a good team. It's just um, it's not time yet. You know, like Miles Sanders, you just kind of want to see what happens with him. Um, I'm I guess you got to hope for Aaron Donald to get some of these sacks and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to East Coast. Next matchup here. This is Greg Co and Tecmo Power Runners. So this one is is a 50-50. I know we don't go on Yahoo projections, but this one's a 50-50 split so far. And this one's tough to for me to pick. Who, who do you have in this one, Zach? Um, I'm going to go, man. Yikes. Man, this is a really, really good one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give it – Man, but I was about to give it to to Jeff because Jeff and Rob because of their IDPs. Their IDPs are amazing, in my opinion. Um, but Greg's got some really good ones too. Um, maybe I should just flip a coin. I, I'll, I'll start. I'm, I'm going to go with Greg based on you know we I talked earlier about how much I like Jameis Winston in Week One. Greg has Mike Evans who could just fall out early. And then Russell Wilson gets Cincinnati, who Cincinnati is top or a bottom five, like worst defense uh, in the league. So Jake mentioned how balanced Greg is. I see that balance outside of maybe Brita being their their flex player. They're a really balanced um, lineup this week. And, you know, I might, you know, this might come back to bite me, but I like Greg actually in week one. Oh, gosh, I really don't know. I really don't know. I guess – I guess I want to lean towards Greg. I'll lean towards Greg. All right, next matchup here. This is IDP still suck versus strong side. Who do you have in this one, Zach? Well, I'm kind of making these picks on the fly. Um, I haven't looked at it yet, so let's see. I'm going to give it to um, strong side. I got to see what Todd Gurley's got first. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I'm going to go strong side, and I think that Todd Gurley, we don't – they haven't really announced it yet, but I, I really do think he's going to be on some type of pitch count. Uh, I know IDPs was really upset when, uh, you know, I took uh, Daryl's uh, – Daryl, Devin Singletary. Um, no, sorry, Daryl Henderson and the uh, the rookie handcuff right now. I took him in like the ninth or tenth round, and that was a guy they really wanted. Um, I just – I don't know, man. I, I don't see Gurley putting up big numbers just yet. He's probably still with a lingering injury. And, you know, strong side, they need to be rewarded for taking Barkley first overall. And I think he could have a huge week against Dallas in week one. Um, so we'll see. I, I like Matt and, and John's team all right. 
Um, definitely a lot of classic Matt picks with like Amari Cooper and Mark Ingram, of course. But uh, this is this is a good team. I think they win in week one. Yeah. Did you hear that they said Todd Gurley has an is it a arthritic knee? Yes. That's crazy. I know. That's like what your grandparents have. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Next match up here, Kemp's crew, who we just talked to, and your worst nightmare. Uh, Jake, Jake was very confident. We'll, we'll say this, but I think he said something in there. Maybe Matt can replay this when, on the production side, but Jake said something like, you know, come and get it. I don't, he, whatever he said to, to Kevin, it was completely monotone. And in the like, it, it just, it, did, it was kind of like a Bill Belichick press conference. Like there wasn't a ton of enthusiasm, but like what he was saying, he sounded excited. <laughs> I mean, I just think I'm just going to destroy him. Uh, I mean, if you look at the – I mean, just look at the projection. I mean, come on. I mean, this is this is like uh, Patriots going up against the Bills here. I mean, this, this is just going to be a slaughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just Jake, though. I, I don't know. Uh, this one, can I call this my lock of the week? This isn't – I think this is a very easy lock of the week. Too easy? Yeah, this is – this might be too easy. Like not even allowed. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're, we're both going to pick Jake probably for the same reasons. I yeah. mean, just top to bottom, Chris Carson, where he got him was a huge steal. I don't want to keep complimenting Jake's draft. Cause it just feels gross at this point. Cause we've done it so much already, but this just this week, he's set up so well. I, I feel like Kevin starting Darius Geis and Adam Humphreys in week one. Um, it's just, it could be rough for Kevin right out of the gate. So I, I like Jake a lot. Yeah, Jake invested in IDPs. I think that's uh, going to be a difference maker. Kind of want to see what Kiko's even going to do in New Orleans, you know, what his role's going to be. So I, I think Kevin's got some question marks uh, to start off week one. So, Jake. All right, with it being week one, and I just remembered the last matchup that we have to do a lock of the week, I'm going to lock myself in week one. Pace in your face is going to beat Isaiah 40-31. I, I don't really know the history of my matchup with Jordan, but I feel like I have pretty good luck against Isaiah 4031. Um, you know, Jordan does have a lot of players that I like. Uh, you know, he's got a pretty decent roster. Like looking at his lineup now, I might have to change my opinion, but I've already locked it in. I, I like week one for myself. Um, this could be, you know, tomorrow night I'll find out what I have in Devontae Adams. I feel like, uh, but he's going up against a tough Bears defense, but uh, we'll see. Kyler Murray, first game as a starter. Uh, he's kind of he feels like a boomer bust player each week but uh this should be a fun one i'm gonna pick myself and it's gonna be my stone cold lock of the week and that's the bottom line because stone cold said so i like it i'm going with you uh, especially because jordan doesn't listen to this podcast jordan, like <laughs> all right and then lastly zach uh your matchup this week uh, h&f industries versus big orange bullies and i had something like i noticed this the other day so uh, Chase, obviously, you know, not able to make it to the draft. His wife is expecting pretty soon, from what I understand, right? Uh, yep. So Chase was not able to make it. So the, his his new teammate, uh, Carver Moore, I thought he did a pretty, a pretty decent job his first draft. Um, you know, we don't really trust the Yahoo ratings, but they were kind of like middle of the road right there for the, the draft grades. But what was funny was, you know, I, I noticed waiver wire moves right away. You always see stuff happen like like if you load the picks Friday night, you see moves happen as early as Saturday morning. It's like buyer regret. Yeah, we didn't talk, we didn't even talk about that. There was some money spent. There was some money spent, and it was spent without needing to be spent. Like right. I think I saw a twelve dollar bid that no one else bid on. That nobody 
anybody that spent money, there was nobody else bidding against them. Right. So, but one of my, one of the, the funniest things I saw was, so Chase, Chase texted me after the draft and he said, you know, how did you feel like Carver did his first draft? I said he did good. And Chase said he was only really, he was connected through Skype for the first like four rounds. And then it was Carver's deal the rest of the way. And so I'm looking here and it looks like Chase went in, dropped some of the players that uh, Carver drafted and picked up Colts players. So Casey Hayward Jr. dropped in favor of Paris Campbell, the Colts receiver. Uh, uh, Giorgio uh, Tavecchio, the Atlantic kicker, who I don't even think is with the roster anymore, dropped. And, of course, Adam Vinatieri, the Colts kicker, uh, is picked up. So it was just funny to see, like, Chase, you know, assess his, his new roster. And he's like, nope, not enough Colts. Yeah, that's good. Zach, I'm assuming you're picking yourself in week one. It's going to be the lock of the week? Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I, man, I want to pick against you guys. I really do. Uh, but I just love your your week one lineup. I mean, you guys are. It sounds like you heard you were listening to Mike DiRocco during that interview. We had him on a couple of weeks ago, and he was high on Westbrook, and it looks like you guys are too. I think it pays off pretty early for you guys. D.D. Westbrook could probably be you know a stud receiver all year, but Lamar Jackson gets Miami week one, one of the worst defenses in all of football right now. Uh, I just see him going off early, and uh, I still can't believe you guys drafted Jordan Reed again. I thought I could have sworn you no thanks to him, but but prove me wrong. I, I think you guys won in week one. Hey, I just hope he gets out of the concussion protocol because we got to decide between him and Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham plays tomorrow, so we're in a bad spot. Yeah. So who knows? But you're picking H and F. Is it your lock of the week? Yeah, it's our lock of the week. Because Stone Cold all right, those are our picks of the week. Again, next week, no divisional previews, no draft recap. It's all active live football, and uh, we will have some recaps. Uh, make your picks before tomorrow. The, before uh, kickoff. Kickoff is at 7.20 Central Time. And so for our folks in uh, Eastern Tennessee, I guess that's just Jake at this point, uh, make your picks before uh, 8.20. We've got a little extra time. But, uh, you know, I – I, I don't know, man. I'm so excited. It's real football's back. Yeah, and tomorrow's a good game to watch. It'll be good. Zach, I don't have a tweet of the week, but we should probably start doing that again, right? Yeah, we'll probably wait till after the season starts officially. Yeah. Again, thanks to Jake for coming on and doing his mock draft recap. We did our picks of the week, a little trip around CMB, some divisional previews, and uh, like we said, real football's back. Bears, Packers, Thursday night football. Uh, let's go get a W. 